Hello and welcome to this Wednesday afternoon edition of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. The Penguins obviously um, had a bit of a setback last night with their 3 nothing loss to the Philadelphia Flyers. The Penguins were shut out for just the second time this season in 50 games. Uh, the Penguins are not very often shut out uh, throughout the Sidney Crosby, Vinny Malkin era. But they were last night, and uh, before we talk about that, um, uh, he yeah, he's back. He's back again. Uh, Cameron Easton is back to join us for this episode of Locked On Penguins. I think this marks his fourth edition, uh, his fourth time being on the podcast. Cam, sir, how are you today? I'm doing great. I love doing this and love talking penguin hockey with you. So uh, rough night last night, but you know we'll we'll talk about that and some other things. Yeah, but, yeah, I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. It was definitely a um, a very rough night for the Penguins. That was probably, if I had to put one of their worst games, it's probably in the top three along with the Buffalo game, yeah. um, the Columbus game on Black Friday, and then probably this game. The Penguins just looked like they partied the night before, like they were on break, and then they realized they were like, oh shit, we actually have a game the next day. We're not fully on break yet. And then they put out whatever the hell that was. Um, it was not an inspiring effort. Um, you could tell they were gassed. Um, they played 11 games in 19 nights. They were traveling a bunch. Um, and uh, Mike Sullivan was not pleased after that game. The comments that he had were um, pr- pretty harsh, uh, so to speak. But I don't really think a lot of the players looked good outside of Tristan Jari. John Marino probably made his second mistake of the season, which led to a goal against. Uh, you know, you can criticize him for just maybe that mistake. But, um, yeah, the, I thought the power play was absolute garbage. It just it looked hopeless out there. I don't know what was going on. And you, you know things are bad when Mike Sullivan is shutting out Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin on the same line for even strength minutes. And that's something that he almost never does. Yeah, quoting Sullivan, he said, you can't play that way in this league and expect to win. And... Yeah, that was a that was the summary last night. Um, you know, I, last night was one of the games I was able to watch these past you know couple weeks, um, and <laughs> that was a bad game to watch. It was it was a rough one. Um, you know, defensively, offensively, it's just all around poor game. Um, they they were definitely ready for the break, um, the All Star break. You could tell. And um, you just hope they they rebound, regroup, um, you know, and just get ready to endure this this last part of the season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Sullivan just had he just like you said he had his his monster quote that they, the Penguins uh, official Twitter account tweeted out that he was basically said, "Yeah, I just I would hope that the players are as disappointed as I am in how we played. I just know we're away." better team than we're capable of much more. The level of expectation and the standard is a lot higher. We all have to take ownership going into the break. And, um, you know, I, I think he like he likes to pick and choose the moments where he calls out the team. I mean, and that game was definitely one of them. I mean, he hasn't really had to do that basically all season. But I'm glad that he did. It's kind of a wake-up call saying, hey, you know, let's not play like that um, much, much more often because I, I know they've – Played mostly really good games, but they really do need this week and a half off. You could tell going into this, they've almost had nothing left, considering that the way they're playing um, under Sullivan. And um, 
yeah, I just the Penguins just didn't do anything at even strength. Early on in that first period, I could kind of tell that they weren't really going to win this game because they just weren't generating anything offensively, and the Flyers just weren't giving them anything. The Penguins kept trying to do, I think, the same thing and just come at them, and the Flyers were just sitting back and saying, like, no, that's that's not going to happen. And um, it didn't really the game really didn't seem like Penguins Flyers at all. I mean, I know we had the Jacob Voracek incident with Chad Ruido, and that was, I think, a dirty hit. I hate those little knee on knee hits that players over the league like just like to throw out there. Sometimes that should at least be a five minute major, um, if not maybe kicked out of the game. I just I hate those so much, but um, it doesn't really matter in the end because the Penguins just absolutely got. Um, Man hit but you know what? Cam, they'll have another crack at these guys uh, next Friday when they come out of their All-Star break and the bye week. They'll be home, and there'll be reinforcements, it looks like, coming back. So, you know, not really too worried. They're still second place um, in the Metro. They play the Capitals after that. Um, their, their underlying numbers are really, really good. And, they, you know, oh, the horror of having one bad game. It's, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, and <clears throat> I, I know there's some fans out there that are hitting the panic button. Um, especially with the whole uh, Murray and Jari uh, debate that uh, happened yeah. this past Sunday, um, you know, it's um, it's just don't panic. Time to regroup. This is, you know, this is a nice little break just to catch up. Um, you got Dumoulin and Schultz, um, you know, healing up. So, and you know, um, possibly a trade. You never know. Um, it's definitely a time just to look forward and just buckle up. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just, I know the Murray Jari thing happened and I had my thoughts on that on Monday's episode um, where I just said, you know, that it was just basically embarrassing with what happened, but you know what? We don't need to really overreact about it. Some people make it into a bigger story than it is. Some of the Pittsburgh media has been, a bit more annoying with it. They have this kind of revenant-ish um, history with regards to with Marc-Andre Fleury, but I'm not really going to get back into that because that's just going to make me um, mad again. But um, I think coming out of the break, you'll probably see Matt Murray start against the Flyers. And that didn't take away from Tristan Jari um, being bad or anything. I thought he actually had a really good game against the Flyers. They're the two goals that got past him without excluding the empty netter. I thought just were really good goals. The Voracek won. And then the Van Reevesdyke uh, goals were just, you know, really good shots. Jari really can't do can do much about it. a couple. Of, one of them was off a turnover. But um, you know, with these thirty two games left, I just wouldn't be surprised if Solly just keeps going back one A one B one A one B. I don't think our starter is particularly going to have to emerge. But um, I think coming out of the break, though, you're probably going to see Murray go against Philly, and who knows if he plays well that game at home, he, that that Washington game. Come, uh, on Super Bowl Sunday is that's the start of four massive games against the Capitals. Yeah, the the schedule de- definitely heats up in in terms of um, the type of competition they're playing. But yeah, going back to to Murray and Jari, um, you know, J- Jari had had a, an okay game yesterday, and besides those, you know, the big that. Not great start by the Penguins. That was a, a team um, collective uh, a bad game, bad beginning of the game against Boston. But nobody talked about how solid Murray was after that um, first period. I mean, he just he, he he definitely just regrouped himself, and he just he he definitely kept him in there. And you know, 
that's definitely a great morale boost for for Murray, and he he knows that team's behind him, despite what some fans have been saying. And you know, I think he's going to use that to his advantage. And I think we're going to see some great hockey from Matt Murray these next couple months. Yeah, he he had he won them the game. I thought outside of um, Crosby and Malkin's heroics um, against Boston, the second and third period, especially in the third period when the Penguins were just getting blitzed by the Bruins. I think they were out attempted. Yeah. 63 to 35 at even strength or something like that, which is uh, putridly bad. Uh, Matt Murray was uh, standing strong in the net. He was coming out. He was playing like his big self. And, you know, that when he's playing like that, he's that, he's playing like the number one goalie that um, we know he can be. And um, it just, I'm really, I'm just, I'm really excited about the team overall going into the all-star break. Um, the Islanders are, they're reeling a little bit. I know they got the win against the Rangers, but still, um, that's an Islanders team that's uh, only thirteen and twelve and three. Um, they're barely above five hundred in their last twenty-eight games, so their level of play has dropped off a bit. But you know, the Metropolitan Division, of course, there's it, it, probably going to be five playoff teams that come out of it. Um, it's going to be very tight down the stretch, but I'm looking. I'm look, I'm just really looking forward to it. And um, coming out of the break, though, we'll probably talk more about the. Um, after this, but we'll talk more about the uh, favorite Penguins Flyers moments because, you know, of course, like I said, they play them right out of the break and they just, of course, lost to them. So I was really looking forward to that, hearing what um, Cam's favorite uh, Penn's Flyers moment was and as well as mine. All right, so um, I did this on Twitter, uh, Cam, the other day. I think I had people uh, quote tweet, you know, what was your favorite um, Penn's Flyers moments as I scroll back here and just make sure. Um, a lot of people's words, of course, you know, Max Talbot, you know, shushing the crowd in game six of 2009. Um, that was, um, that was Medina's at least. Another one was, um, of course, the line brawl, which is one of my top two favorite ones. I remember exactly where I was. I think I was actually down in Virginia Beach for that game watching it on the TV, and I think I yelled hey. some, um, <laughs> Some bad words at the TV that all my family heard, and they yelled at me afterwards because I was just uh, that was just annoying. Um, Darren says the, probably the entirety of the 09 series, Marty Baron looked like he was shell shocked the whole series, which you know that's pr- probably true. Um, I also the uh, the Kimo Timonen he uh, hit by Chris Kunitz on him was just oh, that's yeah. one of the biggest hits I've probably ever seen in my life. Uh, Chris Kunitz. Absolutely decapitated him, but I think my personal favorite one was when Jake Gensel made the Flyers. Um, uh, his basically, he just he just he killed them <laughs> in Game Six. Uh, they got four goals against them that game to eliminate them, and um, yeah, he he made the Flyers his personal biatch for the day, which I found was just awesome. So, Cam, what were some of your favorite moments? Well, obviously, the Max Talbot um, shushing the the Philadelphia crowd is very iconic. Um, that will forever live down in Penguins history. But a personal one for me, I went to the 2012 Flyers-Penguins series. Not one of the most famous um, series Absolutely. between the two, but um, I went there. And that, you know, I always hated the Flyers, but I never, like, had a hatred for the Flyers. And so we were, me and my dad went, and we were in the upper deck, and... Uh, the Flyers ended up winning that game eight to five, yeah, and I had a, there was a couple Flyers fans behind me, and one of them spilled beer on me, and that was probably on purpose. But <laughs> <laughs> um, you know that was not one of my 
greatest memories of the Flyers. But, um, I mean, all, the Stadium Series game was awesome, too, um, in Heinz Field. But, yeah, I mean, that, that is such an iconic rivalry in this sport. And, um, I mean, you can compare it to other sports with rivalries. And it's it's one of the top-tier rivalries in sports, in my opinion, just based off of, you know, the, the Pennsylvania, East, West, and towards one another it just it never dies yeah yeah i wish i wish it was kind of the same as it used to be it just hasn't really been the same for about i think three to four years now there's just there's not a lot of like i guess i'd say bad blood between the teams obviously someone like wayne simmons is off the flyers who always um pissed a lot of penguins fans off um you had i'm trying to think of other um players that are on the fly. i mean you still got Giroux and Voracek on there but it I've noticed over these past couple of years, it's more, I mean, the game's evolving. Yeah. And you know? it's becoming more skilled league. And um, you're not seeing that enforcer type of um, player out there, <laughs> Ryan Reeves. But I'm not yeah. going to go down that road. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, you know, um, it's, it's, we're coming, to, I mean, look at the, the Capitals and Penguins. I mean, it's, it's, that's a full. I mean, there's memory. yeah, yeah. There's I mean, there's Tom Wilson, and God, I hate Tom Wilson, but um, that's that's a skilled, you know, it's it's goal after goal, back and forth, you know, and that's what you see in rivalries and and today. But yeah, you're you're right. You you don't really see that with the the Flyers and Penguins as of late. Yeah, it, just, it hasn't been the same, and you know, it, it's fine. You know, some of the some I just that 2012 series was probably one of the most. Um, he did, but also one of the more embarrassing moments of Penguins Flyers for just a lot of reasons with all the penalties and all the fu- the, the, the dirty hits, especially by old pal well, James Neal because he yeah, was just running and, around headhunting all game I, on Couturier, and it was just embarrassing. Um, the fans when I went to that game, it was the it was game two, and Talbot and Yager were on the Flyers and. That place, every time they touched the puck, it was it was raining booze. And when they they both scored in that game, it was just it was an ugly game. Um, it started off strong for the Penguins. They they were up three one, and Crosby scored fifteen seconds in. Yep. But um, yeah, I mean that was not one of the, the fondest memories uh, for playoff series. For that whole Penguins, series but. was uh, was just completely. Um awful um i just that whole season i mean there were so many so much they had they had all the talent in the world to win the cup that year they were so deep on on every line their defense was i thought fine but you know it only took one playoff meltdown for mark andre Fleury to uh rail it but you know what we don't want to really um we're going to leave that in the in the 2010s because that's where (laughs) it belongs now it's a new decade and um yeah it's just that that series um Sucked. I remember driving home for uh, Game Six and just see, hearing the penguin the, the Penguins lost um, five to one. It was Game Six and it was just bad. But yeah, overall, it's just it's not the same anymore. You know, there's Penguins Capitals, which is awesome. Hell, Penguins Bruins um, is really really good now. Um, what a conference yeah. final! I think that would be obviously. I saw a lot of tweets about that after the game on Sunday. These honestly, all after all three games, the Penguins and Bruins played. Um, and yeah, it would it would ob- obviously be a lot of fun. I think that rivalry is almost probably better than Penguins Flyers at this point because I think the Bruins can they they actually have pissed the Penguins off this season. They they can get under their skin a little bit and they can like get them off their game a little bit. But Pittsburgh can also play with them really good, which I really like. So I mean, 
it's just I think those two rivalries um just outdo um Penguins fire. Yeah, right I now. mean they they got players like Brad Marchand and then the Capitals got Tom Wilson and you don't really have that player on the Flyers and you don't really have that player on the Penguins, but the Penguins make up for that with scoring and their intensity and their speed. Yeah. Um and that's and that's what makes the Penguin, you know, the Penguins game so enjoyable to watch. Yeah. And when that when teams like that clash, it's 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 fun hockey. Exactly, yeah. And um, you know, before we get to on the next segment where we'll actually talk about gritty because some fan thought it would be cool to um, basically press char- – it sounds like almost just press charges against gritty for um, assaulting his little 12-year-old son, uh, which we'll get to after the break. But before that, um, just wanted to shout this out. You know, If you've been a listener to this podcast, I'm sure you all have heard about the great advertisers working with Locked On to Reach Sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Penguins is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Penguins fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Penguins fans and all their audience that, that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777. Or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. And we'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. All right, so Cam, I'm sure you saw the uh, story that has been out making the Twitter rounds today. Apparently a Flyers season ticket holder, um, since we're just going to keep talking about the Flyers since it's all that always happened last <laughs> is this night. A, is this Let's Talk Flyers? <laughs> yeah, I guess it's locked on Flyers today. Um, yeah. But you know what? I like to make fun of Gritty because I think the mascot is awful, and I hope everyone that saw my take about that, if you disagree, you know, whatever. But a Flyers season ticket holder has claimed that Gritty has punched his son in the back, and the Comcast... Um, Comcast, which owns the team, says there's no video of the incident, but now Philadelphia police says an investigation is active and ongoing. So I was able to read um, a little bit of this story, and uh, it just it, it gets it gets it's just amazing how funny this story is. Did you get to read it? I have not, but that gives me shades of. Um, he's, do you remember this guy's Steely McBeam? Yeah, he's. Do you remember Steely McBeam when the Steelers reintroduced him and? I believe 2008 or 2009, but I think so. Yeah. They tried, yeah, and they tried to reintroduce him, and he got arrested. The, the 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 mascot got arrested, and they they pulled the you know they got rid of him. You know, um, they they've been trying to implement him a couple times here these past couple of years, but you don't see Steely McBeam around the Steelers as much. But yeah, um, that's not good news to hear about Gritty. Um, that's definitely not one of the prettiest mascots in the league. He's a ripoff of the um, Philadelphia Fanatic. That's what he is. Well, not many of these. There's probably no listener right now that knows who I'm talking about, but you do, Hunter. That's the Norfolk Tides, the local baseball team yes, down I here do. in Virginia. Riptide, if, if any of you guys are listening, look up Riptide, um, the mascot from the Norfolk Tides. He is literally a blue bath mat and <laughs> – that that reminds me of Gritty. He's just an orange bath mat, an old orange bath mat. <laughs> yeah, this, is, this this story is just one of the ugliest uh, mascots, and that's not good news to hear. Um, but hey, that that's that's Philadelphia for it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's Philadelphia. Yeah, apparently, he's dumping his season tickets after 22 years. He was quoted as saying, "I know it's not correct for my son to harmlessly tap him on the head, but for a Flyers employee to get sick." 
to throw a full punch at someone with his back turned and hurt a 13-year-old boy is assault, unprofessional, and unacceptable for your organization. You know, I can only help but not think, you know, if this kid, whoever this kid is, he walks into school and be like, and all the kids are like, hey, did your, did your dad file um, a, a complaint or like an assault charges on Gritty? Like, I just don't know how you like walk into school the next day. And you just, you'll be seen as the gritty kid for for years. Yeah, <laughs> the, the the kid that ended Gritty's career. If it, um, if it happens, this is like yeah. uh, this is every. It's like we all strive to write for when we enter, you know, journalism school. That's that's the kind of story that I strive to write for because it's so funny, and um, it's just under my, you know, it just keeps the the game train going. That Gritty sucks. I'm not, I hate it. I hate that mascot. It's just. Looks like a ripoff of where of the movie of where the wild things are. Yeah, and it's almost just they tried to make another Philly thematic, and the Philly well, thematic is I, actually good. I gotta give it to him. Um, I saw it on Twitter. I, I believe it was last night, and he was hit. He was banging the the trash can. It had the Houston Astros. Yeah, that's right. Logo on it. I I, I liked that. That's I gotta good. give it to him. That's on that. good. But, yeah. um, you know, they, they yeah. lost to the World Series champion Washington Nationals, and uh, they cheated. So that's also <laughs> awesome. Yeah, but um, one more thing, um, Cam, I saw Elliot Freeman's 31 Thoughts came out today, and at the top, he basically um, talked about, you know, some teams are waiting uh, on their upcoming performances to decide their path, and at the bottom he said, um, you know, Pittsburgh continues the pursuit of Jason Zucker, but the Wild aren't yet ready to concede anything yet on their season, Uh, though what that sounds like, though, with me is that, you know, they're really talking about it, but I think the Wild just aren't yet ready to pull the trigger because they still think that there's maybe an outside shot of getting in. So maybe give this a couple more weeks and we could potentially see Jason Zucker uh, in a Penguin uniform for the next three years since that's how much longer he has on his contract. Yeah, I, I do think he's going to be a Penguin. I think it right now, um, I've always thought this personally, but uh, I think Bill Guerin's kind of just holding it, you know, because, you know, his ties with Pittsburgh and that probably, you know, if he were to, not get a good deal for Zucker, it would probably not look good on him. But um, so I, I think there's going to be a high price on Zucker, and obviously Jim Rutherford doesn't want to do that. Yeah. So I, I, they're they're working on it probably, and I I, I wouldn't doubt seeing him a, you know, seeing yeah, him as a Penguin here in the next couple of weeks. Absolutely, yeah. We are all on Jason Zucker watch. The deadline is now um, less than five weeks away. Jim Rutherford probably for this week and a half is going to be spending time probably working the phones, maybe a little bit, um, seeing what's out there since his team obviously is um, not playing until all the way to next Friday while the players will be on vacation. Um, but yeah, I think Garen is probably just waiting to make sure that the Wild don't you know put themselves into playoff contention, but you know they're probably not going to do considering. How um, really not so good that the Wild um, have been this year. But, yeah, rough, yeah. rough couple past couple games for them as well. Um, you know, if they continue that track, it's it's yeah. I mean, that's that trade's more than likely going to happen. But um, yeah, yeah. Do you have look, any? Uh, I look forward to this All Star break. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I I'm not a big All Star guy, but um, I'm I'm going to watch it this year since Jari and Latang are in. Yeah, I always like to watch the skills competition. That's way more fun than the All Star game in itself. It's just, it's just they, I don't know. They probably need to add a few more things to make it um, more fun. I could probably spend an episode talking about that for about thirty minutes, but um, maybe I'll do that um, another time. Maybe later this week. Maybe I'll consider writing some stuff down to um, potentially do that. But uh, Cam, you have any other uh, part or closing thoughts as we end this episode? No, I mean it. Rough little in there to the, you know, before the break, but 
that, nothing to worry about. I think this team is more than capable of putting on a run here and making a run for the for the cup here. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think we could be looking at a very, very deep run uh, for the Penguins as they close out these final 30 games starting uh, next Friday. But always, you know, keep up uh, here on Locked on Penguins. We'll have another episode coming tomorrow and then on Friday. So, yeah, I'll talk to you guys uh, soon. All right, take care.